Today, I got the honor and the privilege of, of sharing the Word of God with you and, and continue the series, It Matters. You know why it matters? Because you matter. Say, I matter. And it matters. It matters to God. The church matters to God. The body, not the building. The, I mean, the building as well, but the body, the people, right, um, matter. And why does it matter? Because it makes a difference in the lives of people. Now, today, I'm going to finish the series up with growth essentials. How many of you like to grow in different things, right, in your learning? Now, church matters because it is essential to our growth. And I just had a woman's luncheon, and I shared this scripture with everyone. And I'm going to share it again because I think it's such a good, good scripture. We all need to learn this about how the early church came about. What did they do? How did they sustain? How did they get the gospel out? And what can we do now um, to continue that as well? So Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. I know you're going to read it here, but can write it down. Write it down for yourself. Put it on your phone in your notes, right? You write this down and go back and study it. And it says this, and I'm reading it out of the NIV. It says, they devoted themselves. Now, who are they? The people, right? The people that were there. So that's us, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So right there, just in the beginning, you see what the people of God were doing back then. They devoted themselves. They didn't just haphazardly do it. They didn't just occasionally do it. They devoted themselves to this. And then everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, right? All of them or some? It's open book test is right there, okay? All the believers were together and had nothing in common. Okay, I'm just testing you to make sure you're reading. Okay. Had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Now, I get, I get that, that, that. That right there doesn't sound good to many people. Every day. Sometimes we can't get people some of the days. But every day, can you imagine every day church is open? Okay, that you said that. Remember that. <laughs> they broke bread in their homes and they ate together. See, they weren't waiting for the church to do something. They were being the church. They were opening up their homes. They were eating. They were breaking bread, right? They were meeting together. And when they were doing so, they were glad and sincere. And they were doing it with glad and sincere hearts. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of the people, of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, can you imagine this looking, this is the way the church is supposed to look like? Can you imagine us all doing our part and doing this? See, because you, you want, you, people want this, but they don't want to do this. You want to get the benefits of this. Right? You want to get the benefits, but you don't want to do this. You don't want to open up your home. I mean, come on. I don't even clean my house. And I'm not saying me, because if you went to my house, even my junk drawer has organization. 
so I clean, right? But what I'm, what I'm saying is that we want these things, but see, but we don't want to grow into these things. And, and from these verses, we see that growth is a natural result, result when we live in, um, in community as part of church. It's unnatural when we're not growing as Christians. It is not natural. See, we, we all understand that in, in our natural lives about growing up, right? If you saw someone, well, you know what? Watch this video and, and then you'll see what I mean. Can you take the video? I like to play or be treated as a baby. Hi, puppy. Um, just to get the love and affection, safeness. Basically, just go back to a time where you're caring for a one or two year old, and uh, that's what it is for me. Okay. 29 year old Stanley Thornton spends around half his life pretending to be an infant. He calls himself an adult baby. With being a doll baby, I've had a couple different reactions, some good, some not so good. Um, I've had some people that are perfectly fine with it, and I've had others that are just angry, like they think that it's an automatic, that you're a pedophile because you're into it. To step into Stanley and Sandra's modest home is to enter a fantasy world. Where a grown man plays with Legos, sucks on a pacifier, is spoon-fed, oh, no, uses no, no, no. baby talk, and even wears a diaper. To avoid public shaming, Stanley switches to adult mode when he leaves the house. This afternoon, he's at a hardware store, buying wood for an upcoming DIY project. A supersized high chair. Stanley's already customized other baby furniture to make his fantasy life feel more real. I like it. It's very comfortable. It's easy to get into the, the baby feel while you're in it. I mean, there's nothing else like it waking up in a, in a crib as opposed to a bed. And sleeping in the crib, you wake up as a child and you can continue on from there. And it's easy to stay in the same, the same mindset. Okay. Right? Uncomfortable, right? Uncomfortable to watch. But that's how, you know, and I didn't put that on to be funny. And we wanted that. Pastor Jose and I talked about that. We wanted that because we know that in the natural, no one w would want, you know, everybody looks at that, that that's not natural. That's not the way it goes. But imagine, you know, I, and, and I couldn't help but, you know, look at you and see how uncomfortable you were with the video as I was. And it's understandable. It's unnatural for anyone to want to revert in their growth. But in the same way that, you know, parents expect their, their children to, go, to grow, God expects us to grow. But many want to still remain a child. You want to remain there, and, and you want God to do everything, but that's not the way it works in the kingdom. Acts 2 shows us that God expects his children to grow. See, when you were a baby, it was all about you, what you wanted, your needs, right? You would cry, and mom and dad would come, and, or, or your guardian would come and feed you and, and care for you. And you may be referred to as a child of God now, 
But I assure you, God never intended for anyone, to, any one of us to stay as an infant in him. Right? He wants us to grow. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, tells us this. And this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And Paul had taught them everything they needed to know. And yet we see the condition that they were in. He says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were yet not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Now, now, what is Paul saying here? Because they were human, right? But when you come to know Christ, something changes. Let me say that again. When you come to know Christ and you receive him, something changes. You go from the old into the new, and you are a new creation. And you are no longer to act the way that you used to because you are a new person, right? So here was Paul's concern. He was, con he, you know, his concern was their condition because of their position. You are now positioned differently. You are in this world, but you're not part of this world any longer, right? But yet, when you're still acting like a child in childish ways in the spirit realm in God, then you are acting like the world. And that is not who you are. So there's a, you, you, you know, there's um, something wrong with your eyes and your identity, you don't know who you are. Amen? We all may start off in this walk, in this journey by crawling, right, in Christ. You know, you may throw up on yourself sometimes, make messes. Anybody ever make messes in their lives? Right? right? You all may, sometimes we still do as Christians. We still make messes, right? I think about my grandbabies. I share with you, you know, I'm a very clean person, very organized. So I had to learn about grandbabies, right? And when they come to the house, hi yi yi. And as toys, so what, you know, and then they were taking over my house with all their toys. Because not only did they have toys in their house, but they had to have toys in my house. So I, I like to decorate a lot and everything. So I had to figure out a way how to incorporate um, places to hide their toys with my decor. So grandparents, and I think I gave this tip to a grandmom here before. I was like, so they had toys all over. I said, so I'll get a basket that's decorative that'll go right in the center of my family, of the living room. And when you, when you look at it, when you walk in, it looks so beautiful. But when you open it, there's toys inside, right? So I had to find ways. So my grandbabies, they're great with making messes in 2.5 seconds. We could be here talking and everything is neat. And when you turn around, it's like, what happened here? Right, So, you know, and then because they're babies and they think it's all about them, they don't care. They go from room to room to everywhere to up and down, everywhere. So, so we got smart with them and we started teaching them a song. So in teaching them a song, and many parents know this, we had the cleanup song. Anybody know the cleanup song? So we would say, okay, David, Nora, it is time to clean up. Ready? And they're like, okay, because my grandkids love music. They love song. So I'm like, clean up clean up everybody everywhere clean up come on sing with me clean up everybody do your share right and they're like yeah clean up and it inspires them and they're cleaning and throwing that and my grandmother oh my grandmother my grandbaby she takes her little broom and she starts sweeping up i'm like yes clean up 
Well, in our lives, we have messes and things that we do, right? And then we want everybody else to clean it up. And God says, you got to know the grown-up song. Because there's a song that you can do now for every time you make a messy. We want God to do it, but God is waiting on you. So this is your song now. Ready? Grow up, grow up, everybody everywhere. Grow up, grow up, everybody do your share. You see? That's the grown-up song, right? <laughs> you see? And now you'll never forget that, right? <laughs> See, you may not know everything that you are already in Christ, but you and I are not meant to stay in an infantile state. The key point here is God wants you to grow. Everybody say, God wants me to grow. Amen. I'm glad you're all in agreement. Oh, wow. You know, we can go back, <laughs> you know, and, and growth begins with you. And we could go back to this parable. Now, I'm not going to read it, but I want you to go back in Matthew 13. And, you know, it talks about the parable of the sower, right? And in this parable of the sower, Jesus wanted uh, to reveal to us the human heart in its response to the word of God. And the man in the parable represents God and the seed is his message, okay? And then he talks about four different types of either, you could call it soil, dirt, paths, right? And the first one is the, is the path is hard. Then there's a rocky one. There's a thorny one. But then there's good soil. And you have to do inventory a lot because we can't just do this one time and be like, I'm good. I'm good soil. Because how many of you know sometimes that soil could become thorny? Because it all depends on what you're meditating on. Sometimes that thorny, you know, that, that soil can become hard, and you don't want to hear it, and you don't want to know about it, and you don't want nobody to tell you how it's going to, right? Come on, am I the only one? All right, <laughs> right? Nobody's going to tell me. And he gives us this example of these because he wanted, it was for the purpose of teaching us how to grow. Because he wants us to grow. See, from the parable, we learn that growth isn't solely God's job. It isn't only his job. What we do with our hearts, that dirt, that ground, it plays a big part in the extent of our growth. Now, I would hope that you would want to be the good ground and that you work to that. And if you're not there right now, no condemnation. Remember what I said earlier? Exercise this. Work at it. But Matthew 13, 23 uh, teaches us the essential for our growth. He said, but the seed falling on what? Good soil. Refers to someone who hears the word and understands. It understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. So it's not just about you, you come to church and you hear this word and it's all good and you go out, but you heed the word. You do something with this. There's action to the seed. When a farmer takes a seed, he doesn't just take the seed and hold it and be like, oh, I'll put it on his, on his lampstand and be like, that's going to grow. I'm waiting for that seed. No, the, the farmer takes the seed and what? He plants it in the dirt, in good ground, right, in good soil. So just like that farmer does something, you have to do something. And I have a, a quick story of something that just recently happened here. And, and, you know, don't compare that it has to happen this quick, but it can happen quick for you. There was a couple that started coming to the church. Listen, literally, 
um, right now, uh, this would be like their fourth week. So about three weeks ago, this all happened. And I came up, and you guys remember the prayer basket that I have? I came up and I brought it up here. And I started sharing how uh, one Wednesday night, the Lord led me to bring up a message here about happy are those who dwell in the house of the Lord. Right? For they will be filled. Th those are that, that come into the house, you should be happy. I mean, you should be walking in through these doors, bouncing off the seat. Woo! Oh, hallelujah! Everything's great. All right. I guess I'm in the wrong mercy. I think 11 o'clock will come happier. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so, so I was talking to them about, and I was talking to everybody, and I shared how a mom put, um, Onisha had put her prayer in the basket, and, and I was sharing how God had answered her prayer. Well, there was a couple that were sitting right over there, and they heard that that day. Now, the first time they came, they heard that. So at the end of service, I, I meet them, and they're like, hey, hi. And we're talking to them, and find out, you know, he's, he's, in, he's in a position in Florida, and he's looking to get another position in Florida, but it's hard to get in. It's difficult to get in. So my, my cousin happens to be in the same line of work, so I get in contact with my cousin. I'm like, hey, I know this guy that knows your boss, and blah, blah, blah. We start talking, and the guy, he goes, oh, yeah, it's hard to get into that position where he wants it in Tampa. And I was like, okay. He said, but you go get him because you pray for them. That's what he told me. So I was like, okay, yeah, definitely. So anyway, before that, the, the, the young lady that's with him, his, his girlfriend, she was here. She says, hey, can I put a prayer in that basket? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Now, she had, they had heard the word. They come before they leave service. She writes something out. I never, just so that you guys know, whatever you put in that prayer basket, I don't go in and start reading them. I promise you, I have not read not one. And I don't plan to. I don't need to. That's between you and God. And I believe God wholeheartedly that we're in faith. And when I pray, those prayers are going to be answered. So she puts it in. Don't think nothing of it. Give each other a hug. When I call my cousin, blah, blah, blah. My cousin tells me it's hard. They had been waiting long, did I know, three years to get that position in Tampa. She comes. They put it. They're here three weeks. The third week, he gets a call. He goes back to Florida, has an interview, gets the position that is so hard to get. Comes back over here. Last Sunday, they tell me, I said, hey, I spoke to my cousin. He said, wait, I forgot to tell you. I got the position. I'm going in January. It is done. And I'm like, yes, and I'm screaming. Three weeks. Amen. Growth. Because they heard the word. And the word fell on good ground. They were open to God's word. What does that mean? You and I got to have good hearts too. Got to have good soil. The same thing can happen to you. It can happen to me. It happens all the time. But we're waiting on other things. We're waiting or leaning on our own understanding of things. But if you would just have childlike faith, if you dare to believe, like, like my grandbabies, they come into my house and say, boof, we're here. They don't even live there. They're like, well, you know, they stay with me now. But they're like, oh, we're here. This is our house, Nani. And they think everything is theirs. That's how it is with our father. You got to come in like, the, like that childlike faith and walk in and say, Lord, I know that you have good things for me. I know that you have a plan and purpose for my life. I am good ground. I will receive this word. I will do what the word says, and I will get the word results. Amen. Do you expect a harvest? Good. I'm glad. Three people expect it. 
God expects us to grow. Herein he tells us we must hear the word. That's why it's so important. And we must make every effort to go further to place to the place of understanding. Listen, it's not just hearing only. You know, hearing it and not heeding to it is not wise. You got to hear it and heed to it. You got to hear it and expect something good. You got to hear it and believe it because there is life in this word. And we're going to get into that in a moment. Listen, while growth is essential, it helps us all. Nobody is disturbing to see a person acting like a baby. But it's, you know, as disturbing as that is, it's really up to you not to go back to that. I wish I could do it all for you. I wish we could, you know, everybody wants, you know, us to do it. But you have a part to play in it. What will you choose? And that's God to you. What will you choose? Right? So there's essential things to know in growth. Ready? I'm going to give you three things. Write this down for yourself. Learn them, okay? Growth does not come with the, the, with the passing of years but by application of the word of God. See, in this world, they think that everybody, and you can leave it up for a moment for those that want to take pictures of it. You want to take a picture. I'll get out the way. Right? Growth does not come with the past. Everybody thinks that, you, you know, I am grown up because I'm X amount of years, or I've been here, or I have this wisdom. Well, sometimes the wisdom of people is foolishness. And they act upon that wisdom, and they're so caught up in their wisdom that is fool, they're fools. Because the wisdom of God, the truth of God's word is the only thing that stands and remains. Amen? So it's not because how old you are that makes you grown. It's the word of God that helps you grow. Listen, listen to what Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 through 27 says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... It's not only hearing them, but you have to put them into practice. Like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams they rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone, now listen to this, who hears these words right now, of mine and does not put them into practice. Practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, which one are you? Okay, the parable shows us the difference between our growth and God's word, which is truth, true growth. Okay. And again, I'll say this again. Fools are people that rely on their own wisdom of things. See, we are always building something with our lives. Every single one of us here and those watching. Either on, you're either building it on sand or you're building it on a firm foundation. Right? Either you're building up or you're building down. Either way, you're building something. Now, what we do by the way of hearing and, and, and uh, hearing and practicing of God's word determines if our lives remain standing or they become fall, though you can fall. Okay? Wind and waves, can I tell you all something? They're guaranteed to come. How many of you know that? 
things are going to come. See, Jesus didn't say there's going to be pie in the sky. And once you're saved, nothing's ever going to happen to you. Come and sit with me for a couple of hours. I'll tell you everything, right? Right? There's the things that go on. But, but the thing is that we can get through them. See, you, you have to prepare beforehand. While the wind and the wave is coming, is not time to start preparing. How many of you know it's too difficult? Imagine a, a hurricane blowing through and now you're trying to build a house. What's going to happen with all your stuff, all the wood, all the tools? They'll be flying around, hitting everybody, right? But if you build before that sucker comes, you, you build before the trial comes, you're building and growing and building and growing and building. By the time the winds come, you're so firm and so strong. Come on, that, that they can win and they can blow in it, and you may feel the effects of it, but it, man, it's not going to bring you down. Why? Because you're standing firm on the foundation of Christ's truth. His truth is what stands. Everything else will fail, but he will never fail. Amen? So this is not the time. Some, a lot of people do this. They're going through crisis. They're going through something. They, now, now it's, okay, what does God's word say? What does God's word say? Now, not, not, no, 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 no. Do it before it hits because I guarantee you it's going to hit. I guarantee something's going to come your way. But you, like I read earlier, you don't have to be afraid of the future. You don't have to be afraid when that child goes all weary and you're like, who is this child? Who abducted my child? Right? You don't have to go weary when the boss acts up or, or when they're trying to give layoffs to people. Pastor and I, but in a whole company, when they were giving layoffs and they were giving stopping raises, we both got raises. And it's like, how, how does that even happen out of the whole company, a hundred and something people? The only two that got a raise and didn't get it was us, the people of God. See, we expect good things. We said early on, we're not participating with that. I declared it. See, some of you, you know, and I'm not I'm saying you, but so many people, they're afraid to say things out of their mouth. I'm not afraid. When, when all this stuff happened with all the sicknesses and everything, I'm like, I'm not participating in that. I told myself I'm not participating. I'm participating with God's word because it's his word is the truth that I need that sets me free. Amen? It's the truth that you need that sets you free. So if you're going to build, the best way is preparing yourself, devoting yourself. How many of you devote, and don't, you, know, you don't have to tell on yourself, but you actually devote time. I'm not saying just every now and then or just do what a lot of baby Christians do when they first get saved. You put the Bible down, you say, God, speak to me. And you open up, oh, God's speaking to me. That's a good way to start, but then it gets deeper than that. It becomes that you don't want to just stay on milk. I want to be on the solid word of God. Can you imagine just being on milk the whole, your whole life? No, it's not healthy. But when you get into the meat of things or the potato of things or the arroz con gandules of things, right? Making you hungry. When you get into that penil and that turkey, right? You're like, oh, mashed potato, the collard greens. Woo, Jesus, right? I still got Thanksgiving on my mind. Anyway, when you get into those things, it just starts nourishing you. It starts building you up. It's time to devote yourself. Let's go back to that really quick. And you guys, if you have it, you don't have to go back. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And when they devoted themselves, what happened? Signs, wonders, miracles started happening. As we teach the word, a couple was sitting right there, heard the word, put their faith in action. Signs, wonders, miracles, what was impossible for man is not impossible for God. See what I mean? 
That's how we live. You guys, this is the most exciting life in the world. Your friends should be like, I want your life. Like, that's awesome. Like, things happen for you. I'm like, yeah. Listen, we went on, um, and I don't really, I do my, my Black Friday shopping right up from my home on my computer. Doo, doo, doo. No lines, no nothing, right? But I decided to go out with Pastor Jose because I wanted to get another tree. And I had been bugging him. I was like, I want a tree. I want a tree. He's like, we got a tree. I was like, no, I want a new tree. You know how us women are. We just like to spruce things up, right? So, so I went, and there was a tree on sale, and, and I'm expecting good. I'm like, I'm going to get that tree for less money. And it was a $400 tree. No, you think I paid that? No way. I paid a hundred and something bucks for that tree. By the time I had all my coupons and discounts and all this, I went in there. I was like, I'm expecting a discount. And even the young man, he's like, whoa, this tree is $400, lady. I'm like, oh, not for me. I said, you keep bringing it up. Here, I got my coupon. I got my thing. He said, wow, you got like 300 or 200 and something, $80. I said, that's right. That's God for you. I expect good things to happen. Amen. All right, some of you, you got to get there, all right? Okay, let's move on. The next thing that I want to leave you with is all growth starts small. It starts off small, and where you, where you are now, build on that. One of the biggest frustrations that, you know, ends up deterring people away from growing is the idea that, you know, we have to be at the same, that if my growth is not what your growth is, that there's something wrong with me. No. You know, how many of you know it starts off small, your faith, you know, and, and we all have the same measure of faith. How many of you know that? We all have the same. God gave us all the same measure. It's how you use it. And maybe you're using a little more and you're using a little more than that person, but we all have to exercise this, right? Look at what Mark 4, 30-32 says. He says, again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, come on, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Growth looks different when you allow God to work in your life. See, it may look tiny. It may look like you're just starting out. It may look like this is not happening. But, man, when you plant that word of God in the good ground of your heart, watch that thing produce such a branch so big that not only you get shade, but other people can be covered in that growth, in that, in the, under that tree, because that's what God wants us to do. See, we are a body together. And just like they did, one another, helping one another, encouraging one another. Even the young, young, young teenagers, the young adults here, you're not excluded from this. You're part of the body of Christ. And it's why we do the things that we do, so that we are there for one another. We can help each other grow. Listen, don't minimize what God is currently doing in your life. Can, can everybody just say this? God is working in my life all right that settles it he is working just because you're not getting the results that you want because let's talk about that sometimes we want god but we want the god results that i want 
I want his results. And his thoughts are higher. His thoughts are better. I learned a long time ago, I don't want Annette's results. I want God's results. Because with God, there's anointing and favor and power. Come on. There's peace with it. There's joy. So don't minimize. Even right now, the small seeds God is planting in your life through his word are working in you to, to develop great results. Even right now, what I'm speaking to you right now in your heart, I already prayed for every single one of you this morning. And I got up at five this morning. I had all of you in mind. And you say, but you didn't know I was coming, but God did. I don't need to know. I just need to know the one that knows. And I got up this morning and I said, Lord, this word today is going to fall on good ground. Father, it is going to produce good fruit, a fruit that will last. It is going to produce good results in the people that are hearing it, whether they're online, whether they're here in the house, or whether they watch it later on. Because it is your word and your word is truth. And the truth will set the people free. Amen? Amen. We have to receive his word on good ground and get God results. How many of you want God's results? How many of you want God's results in your marriage? Come on. God's results in your finances. God's results with your children. Imagine. This is the way I look at it. You guys know my son, he plays the drums and he helps me with the teens. My daughter, she's here in worship and she, you know, she's downstairs with the kids. And I, every time I look at them, I go, those are seeds. Those are seeds planted. Those were seeds. And I may have not seen them years ago, but I see them now. And it took time. It took time. It didn't happen overnight. Right? And even when they were trying to be a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, I was like, oh, no. Come back this way, my darling. You ain't going that way, right? And mama's prayers and daddy's prayers and that word keep planting in. And I I'm just joking. I really don't have horror stories with my kids because I threatened them. <laughs> this is Jesus or nothing. So, I just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you believe me? Okay. Believe it. Right? So, no, but honestly, I don't have horror stories, but there were times where people would come into their lives and try to take them off course. And I'm like, I learned from my mama, you pray that those people out. You get those people out of there, right? I would give them the word, and I would share with them, and I brought them in, and I didn't let, um, and, you know, this is my story, so don't get offended if, you know, parents, but I didn't let sports get in the way. Are you going to become the next, um, you know, whatever, Derek Dieter, Derek Jeter? No? Okay, you're going to church. <laughs> like, seriously, like, this is not <laughs> You know, that, if you're not going to be the next wrestler, my son was into wrestling. He's like, Mom, uh, church Sunday, then. But that's the way I raised my kids, right? And I'm not bringing it to condemn anybody, but I'm showing you that we devoted ourselves. I laid everything down for the gospel. And when I took that and I, I said, Lord, I will do this, then that's what it meant for me. We will lay it all down. And my children, so I can tell you, they've sacrificed. Our family, we have sacrificed. We've laid ourselves down because the word of God says, if I leave mother, father, things, houses, whatever, he'll give me more than all that. 
because I'm not storming up treasures in this world that it's going to go. When I leave, nobody's, I'm not taking my house with me. I'm not taking my car with me. I'm not taking my stuff with me. I'm going with Jesus. So I'd rather plant my storage and my storage in heaven. I'd rather keep my, my, my treasures in heaven where no moth can take it, where nobody can take it from me, where there's a mansion in heaven just for me. Amen? That's how I think. I'm like, I can have a lot of nice things, and I have a lot of nice things. God has blessed me, but you know what? Those things don't have me because I know how to lay them down. That's growth right there. Somebody needed to hear that. Everybody say, grow. Mine, it's time for us to grow. We got to work to do, everybody. You are part of it. It's not up to just the pastors to do this. It is up to you, too. If you're here in this room or watching right now, you are part of that. Not me. Oh, yes, you. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with God. You're the one. Even the young ones here. I talk to the teens all the time. Even my young teens, young adults. You're part of it, my love. You're part of it. God has a part for you to play. So what are we doing? What are we doing? All growth may start off small, but I'm telling you right now, it doesn't stay there. Will you allow him to grow you? Will you allow him? Again, can I just share this one line again? I really feel somebody needs to hear this. Don't minimize what God is currently doing in your life. Don't minimize it. Thank him. The word says, come into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Father, I may not be yet where I want to be or doing I may be searching right now, but I thank you that I'm not where I used to be. I thank you that I'm on my way. I thank you that you are working in my life. I thank you that you're helping me to grow. I thank you. I am good ground. And that day you may not feel like good ground, but you remember the Bible, what it says? Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You may not see it yet, but you keep speaking it. You keep declaring it over your family, over your finances, over your life, over your health. You keep declaring God's word. I will grow. I am the woman that God created me to be. I am the man that God created me to be. And I would walk in his goodness and in his promises. Amen? Amen. Amen. The last thing, when, when we trust the process of God's seed, we will receive all that we need. When we trust the process, you know, we can trust the process when we go to the supermarket because we go pick up all our apples and strawberries and everything that we get, and right? And, and you, you know that that didn't come from the supermarket. You know that that was planted somewhere in a farm right? And that somebody picked it for you. And when you went to the supermarket, you said, oh, I got to go get a whatever today. And there it goes. Well, it's the same thing. There's a process happening in your heart. And even right now, there's something going on. There's something stirring. Some of you in this room and watching online, you've, you've, you, you haven't seen it quite yet. You haven't put your finger on it. You, you, you're still trying to figure out how does this God thing play in my life? Well, let me tell you, it plays a big part. Because God loves you. 
and God has a plan for your life. And if you would just give him the opportunity to show you what it is, he'll show you. The Holy Spirit is my best friend. He's my best friend. I talk, I talk to the Holy Spirit all the time. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you're my best friend. I love it. I don't forget about the Holy Spirit. I say, you're my best friend, and you show me things to come, and you teach me, and you guide me, and you help me to remember the word, and the word comes back alive because there's spirit and life in the word of God. And when we trust the process of that seed, God's word will never come back void. Never. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to know the word because he knows there's power in the word. And when you speak the word, man, that's like throwing a missile boom, right to the enemy. But that's why they devoted themselves to this. They didn't just haphazardly just, oh, I'm going to church today. You know, young people, it's, it's important for you to be part of this. It's important for you. Kayla, it's important for you to be part of this. Because God is growing you right now. He's planting seeds and words in you. Parents, it's important for you to bring them to the to youth nights. Oh, I know it's going to take you out of your comfort and you got to go home because you just had a long day at work and you want to sleep. I get it. I get it. But every opportunity that I have to bring my kids to the house of the Lord, I brought them. Every opportunity that I had to pour in God's word to them, I poured in God's word. Because more than that, they need, more than the world and all its craziness and nonsense, they need God's word to stand. Because when the winds blow and the things come against them, how will they stand if they don't know? So it's going to take you, listen, growth is going to take you out your comfort. Can I just say this? Some, some people are too comfortable. It's time to get uncomfortable a little bit. We're too settled in America and our comforts. But yet there are people, I've shared this story before, there are people in other countries, my God, they'll walk all the way to church with no shoes if they have to. So what is our excuse? I've seen it with my own eyes. We went to Mexico to do a missionary trip. We were going to go preach the gospel to them. We were going to go and share our good gospel. And I came back so humble because more than I preached to them, they preached to me. And they taught me how to love the Lord. And that's the, the, in that church, a church that had no seats. No seats. You know what? We sat on cinder blocks. They were the happiest people. There was no, no half a ceiling. There was none. And the bathroom, the bathroom was in the corner with a curtain of cinder blocks and a hole in the floor. And when you go there as a, as a teenager, you're shocked because we don't have that here. I mean, the poorest up here are not as poor as those that when you go out to other countries. And when we walked in and we saw that, and I was like, whoa, what are we complaining about in our church? People fight for the chair that they didn't even buy. And so we went to this church, and they didn't have nothing. They were the happiest people I've ever seen in my life. And they were full of power and spirit, and miracles were happening there, and blind eyes were being opened. And it was a day that was when I got baptized in speaking in tongues in a small church in, in um, Guadalajara. The power of God came upon me and that fire came in me and it never stopped since that day. 
And they were growing in the things of God. And we went to their homes. And we went in their homes. We, you know, we, I'm here from New York. You know, we, and when I went in their homes, I'm like, oh, my God. And they were sleeping on the floor so that, the, that, that these people, these teenagers can sleep in their beds. And they were devoted to this. And they were sharing everything that they had. And they really had nothing. But yet they were willing to share everything with us. So talk about a missions trip. It was a missions trip for me in my heart. It was a missions trip that opened up my eyes to the world and opened up my eyes to the gospel like I've never seen it before. And I went and we gave up and we ended up taking all our stuff, everything we had, all our money. And as it was about maybe 12 teenagers. And we put everything together, and we went to the market, and we bought every single child shoes and clothes and toys, and, and we made, a, we made a, 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 a parade, like a, a festival for them. And we were humbled. And that day I grew. I grew because I saw something different. They were devoted to this. They weren't playing church. They were the church. They were devoted to one another. They shared. They would come into the church all with food, sharing with one another, not waiting to get a phone call. They just would come and be like, oh, tu quieres una comida? And they would have food for each other. And all we could do was sit there and watch and cry and cry and cry. Not because of we were sad, but because of just the experience. The love of God through people. When we trust the process of God's seed, we receive all that we need. God created seed to produce all life. See, in the same way God's word provides us all we need, Wisdom, direction, teaches, you know, teaching us right from wrong, identity, hope, future. That, that's all through that seed. Look at what Jesus said in John 6, and the latter part of, of, of um, verse 63 and 64. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of life, of, of the spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. These words are like, they're full of life. They're full of the spirit of God. More than anything in your life, you should want the word. More than anything, you should be desiring and devoting yourself to the word so that you can grow. And if you're still desiring other things above God, then ask him to help you. Your, your best friend will help you. He will not condemn you. He will help you through it. Because when you desire him most, you find him most. You find yourself. See, God's word here addresses both spiritually within and practically in every area of our lives. You would be wise to trust in the power of God's word as seed, as nourishment. Can you rise to your feet as we end? Let me read this last scripture to you. Galatians 6, verses 7 through 8. Do not be deceived. 
God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. No matter what you choose and how you choose to follow, you are always sowing seed and reaping its fruit. Now, put that back up again, please. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. This is how important it is. It's so important that God put it in his word. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. But whoever pleases their flesh from the flesh, they will reap destruction. You got to make a choice. Which which one do you want to go? Which way? I can't choose for you. I wish I could. I would choose the latter. Because I've seen both and I like the latter. Anybody else with me? (laughs) I like the latter. I've sown for my flesh and reaped destruction in my life, but thank God for his grace and his mercy. Come on, anybody with me? Thank God. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his wisdom. Because where would I be today? Not here. Not in front of you. But God. And when you sow and you, 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 you go and, and to please the spirit, man, from the spirit, you reap eternal life. And eternal life starts now. It's not starting when you go to heaven. It's now. That's great news. It's now. You can have peace now. You can have joy now. You can have strength now. You can have the best marriage ever right now. And when the storms and the winds come, man, you'll be like, all right, I'm ready. And when you've done all to stand, I'm standing. I'm standing. I'm standing because I'm growing in the Lord. I'm not a baby. I'm not looking back. I don't want milk. I want the bread of life. I want the bread. So right now, would you just take a moment? Just, can you just close your eyes? Not because it's so, nothing super spiritual. I just want you to think for one moment, what ground are you? What ground are you right now? Just think about it. Are you that good ground? Or maybe there's still little thorns in there. Maybe there's, there's still like some hardness in there. And, and, and there's some hurts from the past there. Or maybe there's some, some church hurt or, 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 or family stuff. And, you know, where's that ground? Because God today wants to sow in good ground in your life, in your heart. He wants to produce good fruit in you, but the fruit that he produces, it will last. What ground are you today? Listen, you can trust God's word as seed to do what it is intended to do in you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, 
uh, past events that we've done, you'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.